Hello, my rebels. It was as certain as day follows night that YouTube has increased the scope of its censorship. They're announcing that no longer can you say Donald Trump had the election stolen from him. No longer can you criticize certain official narratives about the COVID-19 virus and the vaccines. But now, here's the new part. You cannot criticize the theory of man-made global warming. Oh, it's a theory, but you're not allowed to challenge it, just like Galileo was not allowed to challenge the theory that the sun revolved around the Earth. It's an incredible story, a bad news story, and that's today's show. Let me invite you first to become a subscriber to Rebel News Plus. You get the video version of the show. It's only eight bucks a month. You get my show every day. Sheila Gunn, read David Menzies, Andrew Chapados Weekly. And you get the satisfaction of supporting Rebel News. We're one of the few independent journalistic organizations in the country. All right, here's today's show. Tonight, YouTube expands its censorship to global warming. It's October 8th, and this is the Ezra Levant Show. Why should others go to jail Why? when you're a biggest carbon consumer I know? There's 8,500 customers here, and you won't give them an answer. The only thing I have to say to the government about why I publish it is because it's my bloody right to do so. YouTube isn't just the biggest video platform in the world. It's actually the second biggest search engine in the world, too, after Google, which, as it turns out, owns YouTube. Google and YouTube are far more powerful than Facebook or Twitter, which get a lot more press because lots of journalists are on Twitter. And so it's a primary battleground for the political class to talk to itself. And Facebook was really the first big social network. It's one of the biggest still with two billion users. China-owned TikTok is closing fast, though, with one billion users. But Google and YouTube not only control their own platforms, they really control so much of what you access anywhere else to other platforms. I'll Google that. Just Google that. It's shorthand for let me search for that on the Internet. Most people don't even think of other search engines. But that in itself is a source of control. What Google puts on its first page of search results is often quite political. What it boosts and moves up versus what it suppresses or de-boosts. And they say they do that. Even what they simply refuse to show you at all. Even if you type it in the search precisely, some things Google just refuses to show. Same goes for YouTube searches. For example, if you simply type the words rebel news, into the YouTube search engine if you're not signed in and if you cleared your cache, you get very political results. You do get a few actual Rebel News videos, but one of the very first hits is this one. Trudeau slams Rebel News. I won't call it a news organization. It's not the most current video. It doesn't have the most views. It's not by Rebel News, but it's an attack on us. Underneath that, this old one from years ago. Environment Minister tells Rebel Media reporter to stop calling her climate Barbie. Four years old, but it's the CBC's attack on us. Here's one. The right perspective, YouTube radicalization, and Rebel Media 
The Listening Post. That's an attack on us from Al Jazeera. This video has very few views by contrast, like it's in the tens of thousands. It's not in the millions. It's years old. There's simply no way that would organically come up in the top 10 videos about Rebel News or by Rebel News if it weren't hand curated that way. This one from the CBC, Andrew Shear shuns Rebel News. There are two legitimate Rebel News stories in the top 10 results. The rest are attacks on us, including obscure attacks with few views. But YouTube has made it that way. Anyone who Googles Rebel News or searches Rebel News on YouTube will see all the bad things people have to say about us. It bugs me, but luckily millions of people have been able to overcome the built-in bias to find us and get their news directly from us. But look at this, for example. Just for contrast, if you do the same thing and type in the name of a large left-wing YouTube channel, frankly, one of the channels we modeled Rebel News after, uh, back in the day. It's called The Young Turks. It's a left-wing site. If you do the same thing and just type in The Young Turks on YouTube, every single hit is from The Young Turks. No takedown of them or smear of them. That's the difference. You see what I mean? That's the sort of passive-aggressive stance that YouTube has had for years. I mean, starting in 2017, after the internet helped Donald Trump beat the mainstream media's bias towards Hillary Clinton, we saw the internet companies cracking down on conservatives online. Our advertising revenues fell by 85%, almost overnight, in uh, when Trump was inaugurated. Even though our viewership was actually growing, it was later called the great demonetization of conservative social media, and it put thousands of small conservative YouTube channels out of business. Then earlier this year, they simply cut us off altogether, but they gave us no reason why, by the way. They had no video they pointed to as a problem. They just wanted to hurt us by kicking $400,000 a year out of our budget. And remember, that was a fraction of what we'd be making if they didn't hit conservative sites the way they did. If we were of the left, we would probably be making about $3 million a year just from YouTube ads. But since January, we've had two swords hanging over our heads hanging by a thread. If we repeated any claim that the 2020 US presidential election was the subject of widespread fraud at the ballot box, if we would say that, we would be suspended. You could say that the 2016 presidential election was stolen, stolen by Trump, victimizing poor Hillary. You can say that any time. You can say that any other election in the world was stolen or not. You can say any governor's race or congressional race was stolen or not. You just can't say it about that one thing. You can't say it about Trump. Isn't that very, very specific? That's so weird. And indeed, it was the same with the Chinese coronavirus, COVID-19. You can challenge any other disease, where it came from, how to cure it, just not COVID-19. Isn't that weird? You can't query where it came from if it was from a Chinese lab. You can't dispute the vaccines or offer alternatives. You just can't. You can't say things like plandemic or a hoax. Or if you do, you're very likely to have your video knocked down and perhaps your whole channel. YouTube boasts about deleting over 100,000 videos. Your entire channel could be canceled for that. That's why we put so much of our content on other platforms now. Rumble.com, Odyssey.com, SuperU.net. Because you can't have a proper discussion about many things on YouTube. You just can't. They won't let you. They say it's for public health. 
but they really mean public politics, don't they? They say, they specifically say you can't challenge the World Health Organization, but that's just a bureaucracy of the United Nations, very few of whom are actual doctors, by the way. They also say you can't challenge your local health regulations, but those are just political decisions that vary from district to district. It's simply censorship in favor of the government, that hardly a free speech platform. It's irritating, it's illiberal, it's un-Canadian, and it's certainly un-American, but really, who pushed back? And don't tell me Donald Trump did. I'm sorry, but what did he do? He had four years, of which some of that time he had control of the Congress, by the way. What did he do? He howled about the unfairness of Silicon Valley, but what did he actually do when he had power? He didn't bust up the monopolies. He didn't bust up Google and YouTube. That would be a place to start. Teddy Roosevelt did that to the oil companies, busted them up, Standard Oil. The phone companies were busted up a generation ago. Trump didn't do it. And so the censorship grows. And now look at this, just from yesterday. Updating our ads and monetization policies on climate change. Oh, really? Working closely with outside experts. Oh, yeah, which experts? We regularly review and update our ads and monetization policies to help ensure a brand-safe environment for our advertising partners and to better protect users from unreliable claims, such as fake medical cures or anti-vaccine advocacy. By the way, what's wrong with anti-vaccine advocacy? It's a point of view. Why is that just from the beginning banned? It's a bit of a joke, actually, that they're blaming this on advertisers. They want brand-safe environments. I'm sure some of that is true, by the way. Woke capital, all the left-wing mega-corporations, they want to snuff out conservative views. That is true, but let's be honest. This is Google and YouTube and Facebook and Twitter making these decisions. Their top executives are all Democrats. They themselves believe this. They're hard left-wing ideologues. They're radicals. So that's how things were up until yesterday. But now look at what came in new yesterday. Look at this. New censorship. Addressing climate change denial. In recent years, we've heard directly from a growing number of our advertising and publishing partners who've expressed concerns about ads that run alongside or promote inaccurate claims about climate change. Advertisers simply don't want their ads to appear next to this content. And publishers and creators don't want ads promoting these claims to appear on their pages or videos. Inaccurate claims about climate change, eh? What, would be, that be like the prediction that all the snow would be gone by the year 2000? Was that Al Gore who said that? I forget. The claim that there would be no more winter. Our kids wouldn't know what snow looks like. The sea level will engulf Los Angeles and New York by now. Like claims like those? No, no, no. I'll read more. That's why today we're announcing a new monetization policy for Google advertisers, publishers, and YouTube creators that will prohibit ads for and monetization of content that contradicts well-established scientific consensus around the existence and causes of climate change. This includes content referring to climate change as a hoax or a scam, claims denying that long-term trends show that global climate is warming, and claims denying that greenhouse gas emissions or human activity contribute to climate change. So you can't contradict well-established scientific consensus, that's their language, but isn't science actually not about a consensus like that? You don't have a vote to determine what 
science is, what physics is, what biology is, it's not based on a vote at all. Um, isn't it actually science, isn't it a process of constantly contradicting the status quo, of challenging the status quo, of testing the challenge quote, the status quo, as, as Richard Feynman would say, science is the belief in the ignorance of the experts. Remember that line? I mean, isn't all scientific progress, by definition, breaking the established consensus? The world is flat. Well, I'm going to challenge that and prove it's round. Didn't Galileo do that? He said the earth revolved around the sun, and he was condemned by the pope for it. He was even jailed for it. How would Galileo have fared under Google's rules? Is this about a search for truth? Because shouldn't you allow all questions, no matter how bad? I mean, what kind of truth can't withstand scrutiny, especially weak and uninformed scrutiny? Or is this about other agendas? Well. Google YouTube actually admits it. Let me quote, this new policy not only will help us strengthen the integrity of our advertising ecosystem, but it also aligns strongly with the work we've done as a company over the past two decades to promote sustainability and confront climate change head on. Oh, okay. So this is some internal political policy you've been trying to achieve as a company, and you're doing this as a corporate decision to make the woke executives at Google and YouTube feel better, so you're preferring your own point of view to that of others. You, you just admitted it. This is just you saying, we're good, everyone else is bad. So they banned questioning Trump's election loss just because. They never really explained why they just did. They banned questioning the COVID-19 narrative and the vaccine narrative. There, at least, they claimed public health was at stake. Though why they would ban questions about the most effective therapies and the best way to challenge, it makes no sense to me, but what is this about? How is disputing astrophysics or, or other physical or, you know, climatological issues, how is that a danger to the public? I know the answer, because it's really about the danger of thinking for yourself. That's what all of these things have in common. Are you a dissenter or are you a submitter, a complier? And you'll notice that at least for the virus and for the global warming, the United Nations is taken as the global arbiter of truth. Right there in the YouTube Google text, the place, the United Nations that puts the likes of Cuba and China on the Human Rights Commission, Afghanistan with the Taliban, the place that promotes the Taliban but condemns Israel, the only democracy around. That's the place, the United Nations, that will decide what you can or can't say. United Nations where many countries are total censors, like Iran and North Korea. And really, it isn't surprising. And really, it won't be surprising when the next subject is banned, too. The only surprise will be, well, what are the next subjects to be put off limits? Me, I'm guessing it's transgenderism in women's sports. What do you think will be banned next? Stay with us for more. I'm here on special assignment for Rebel News. 
Earlier today, I was in the small town of Warman, Saskatchewan, which is where the Prairie Spirit School Division offices are located. Now in this region, what started as a small group of concerned moms on Facebook has turned into a much larger movement against COVID measures in the school system. This group is planning to present their concerns as well as data to back them up to the school board at 11 o'clock a.m. This school division covers 47 schools, which includes three First Nations, nine Hutterite colonies, and 11,000 students in total. And the moms, they're not too happy. So let's go see what they have to say. I think it'd be important for you guys to know. Um, I feel the school board should be contacting parents before making decisions that affect our, our kids due to their requirements and being forced to keep my child at home instead of learning with friends. Again, there's more comments there. I'm not going to go through all of this, but as uh, board members and, and director, I think it'd be important for you guys to take a look at How did you feel things went, Nadine? Um, I think it went really good. <laughs> we, we had a lot of preparation before this meeting. We actually um, had a whole committee help us out. We had binders for all of them. Uh, the only thing is we ran out of time, so we kind of were speeding through the end part, which I wanted to put a little bit more emphasis on some of the, the board's responsibilities and the director's responsibilities. But I think I did cover it. Um, this is definitely not going to be the last meeting we're going to speak at. So whatever we didn't get to, we'll get to next time. <laughs> well, that's the town of Warman, Saskatchewan. A very interesting story about grassroots parents taking back their schools. It's something you see across the United States quite a lot. Oh boy, they're in a battle with their teachers unions over critical race theory and other Marxist ideas. It's great to see Canadian parents taking a stand for their own kids. You don't see that enough. But the other thing that is delightful about we, what we just showed you is, as you can see, we have a new reporter covering the province of Saskatchewan. It's our friend Kelly Lamb, and she joins us now via Skype. Kelly, great to see you again, and congratulations. And let me give you an official welcome to Rebel News. I mean, we, you've been involved with us before, but this is your first time as a reporter. Yes, it is. Well, thank you for the warm welcome. And it has been a warm welcome indeed from everyone involved. So what a what a great uh, place to, to call work. So thank you very much for the opportunity to do some coverage from the prairies. Oh, come on. We're really grateful. I've long wanted to have a footprint in the prairies. We got Sheila Gunn-Reed in Edmonton and a great team in Calgary. But I mean, a lot of news happens in Saskatchewan and Manitoba, but the world doesn't know it because, you know, to have a rebel style reporter on the ground makes all the difference. Saskatchewan has a lot of stories to be told. Tell us a little bit more about the teachers rebellion that you covered. I mean, the parents rebellion. Pardon me, the parents rebellion. Go ahead. <laughs> Yeah, of course. So that particular one is just one of the many school boards that are, you know, people that are expressing concern. So that started in the Prairie Spirit School Division, which is in the Warman region, just north of Saskatoon for those who aren't in this uh, area but have been to Saskatchewan. So that's just one group that started to grow very rapidly. And I became aware of it and started following along and covered that. And from there, that group has actually grown, which you'll see in the next video that's on its way out soon in post. Um, that has grown into a doctors and a healthcare workers group, as well as a citizens at large group. 
So it started out, though, with this wonderful group of concerned parents. Uh, Nadine Ness was the person that uh, started it up, and she thought, maybe we're alone here. She was chatting with her husband, and they thought, you know, maybe we should see if other people feel the same way and are concerned. So they started a Facebook group, and that basically, you know, just started to grow and expand very quickly. And they put out a big binder and did a ton of work and took it to the school board and really have tried to meet them where they're at and try to find a middle ground in a really respectful, mature way instead of, you know, coming out with guns blazing. So um, it was really inspiring to chat with some of the people there. It was a very last minute thing. I sort of jumped in the car and went. I missed some of the um, protesters outside and they were a little shy, but it was really nice to just talk with some of the parents, some of the moms, people there with strollers. They're just concerned about their kids' well-being. People had horrible stories to share. There's been multiple emails sent uh, to that school board about um, concerns with kids' mental health, including things like suicide watch. It's really quite sad. And a lot of this, they're questioning, is it actually necessary for the health of the kids or are we doing way more harm than good? Which I think is a very valid question to ask. It absolutely is. And it has not escaped me that Teresa Tam has no children of her own. But by God, does she have plans for your kids? I'm terrified. It's not just the masks and the social distancing and the creepy rituals with no basis in science. Like, really, it's a superstition. But now they're looking to approve vaccinations for children as young as five. That's kindergarten age. I find it terrifying. What's so exciting to me about your story, though, Kelly, is that it shows that the world is not unanimous on this. It would look unanimous if you only sampled MPs in Parliament, because we haven't seen any opposition to this, or MLAs in the provincial legislature or the mainstream media. I I think back to the leaders debate in the last federal election, it was five leaders all violently agreeing with each other. But to see that grassroots parents have a different point of view, I'm delighted to see them organizing like this. That's a lot of hard work, but it looks like it's paying off maybe. Hopefully. I'll keep you posted as we know more. So there's supposed to be another board meeting right away here, but we haven't heard what they're planning to implement. But what I've heard so far from Nadine Ness is that they have at least looked at opening this up to the parents to take out sort of a questionnaire or a survey to at least get the opinions and the input of the parents instead of just running it sort of authoritarian. Like there's actually some sense of, you know, maybe we could have this as a democracy and we couldn't cover the whole 30 minute presentation uh, in the video for Rebel. But what they spoke about there was that it wasn't just about specific rules. They understand every parent and every teacher has a different view they're hoping that the other side can be heard and it was nice to see uh, that it was spoke of the the censorship and how anybody uh, parents are afraid to even hit like on a Facebook post or or say anything at all questioning even one part of the narrative of how this is being done and people are often thinking they're alone so they just say nothing and then nothing happens so what I, I think is inspiring here is it really shows that other people, regular people, Saskabushers, and elsewhere in, in the, the country and the world, really, that parents do still have some control, but they have to do it in numbers. One or two voices isn't enough. Enough. They'll just shut you down as a nut bar. And ultimately, what this comes down to is just parental control and authority and making sure that the teachers aren't taking on a little more responsibility for your kids than you have. Yeah, well, it's very encouraging. And if I recall from your report, uh, it's an interesting school board includes different groups, like if I heard you right, the Hutterites, for example. Mm -hmm. So I think maybe the nature of this school board has also lent itself to people having a moral code and their own compass and therefore not being pushed around as easily by teachers union flim flam. I mean, uh, I think sometimes these downtown Toronto schools, uh, having the Marxist grads getting pumped right out of the Ontario Institute for uh, Studies and Education, OISE it's called, it's the Teachers College. 
maybe somewhere like Saskatchewan, you have more common sense in the ground. And maybe that's why this was more successful there. I, I, I hope, I would like to think that such a rebellion would work in a big city in Canada. I'm not quite as sure. It's tough because you have you do have the challenges here, especially the fact that it's very rural. So Warman's a pretty small place. It could be considered a bedroom community of Saskatoon. But as soon as you get out of the two big main centers here, we have small cities, but the smallest cities most people in Ontario would probably call a town. So you do get sort of that urban rural divide. And when you get into the rural areas, what you have trouble with is just vast amounts of geography and spaces to cover. So it can be harder to get a ton of people in for, say, a protest than maybe in Toronto because you, you just have a lot further to travel right. in the right. winter, especially that becomes difficult. But what is nice about it is when you have a rural school board or a rural area like this is there is definitely a different mentality. Um, I think there's more of an earl, uh, pardon me, urban rural divide across this nation than just east and west, although that exists as well. But what you really notice in Saskatchewan is the more rural you go, the more conservative that you go, generally speaking. And that is a different way of looking at things. We prefer smaller government. We prefer to be a little more independent. And there's definitely a, a prairie settler kind of spirit uh, that I noticed when the parents were speaking up um, this idea of please just let us take care of our family we're not trying to harm anyone just leave us alone it's not a libertarian mentality per se but it is one of wanting less centralized government and less government control which of course lends itself to this uh, quite nicely so I think that is part of it for sure is the rural spirit and sort of just the way that farmers and rural types um, live out here as well as Hutterite colonies as well there's a lot of independence Uh, it's a harsh environment people are very hardy they're survivalists and they carry that spirit with them. Huh. Wow. Well, I've got to say, Kelly, I'm just so delighted to have you on our team. Uh, some uh, viewers will remember you from the Rebel Live event where you performed um, a song on the piano. You even came to Manchester, England with me for a rally uh, for Tommy Robinson a few years ago. So uh, you've been part of the extended Rebel family for years. It's so delightful to have you as a reporter and we hope to see more from you um what kind of stories are you interested in what kind of things would you like to cover in the months ahead well for now i'm going to focus mostly on this uh, vaccine mandates etc of course in saskatchewan as well as elsewhere in the country we've put out a really really strict mandate my husband will be losing his position because he's standing firm on this my mother has been discriminated against in her own seniors condo i might lose my family physician because he's one of the the brave who will speak up against the narrative so this i have a pretty big stake in the game but i'm seeing canadians just good regular canadians just getting just annihilated by this it's really sad to see and i want to give them a voice i want to give people here a voice so that's going to be a big part of it is covering all of the covid mania as you might say but beyond that there's a lot more news that's just not being discussed it's not like covid's the only thing that is happening so i certainly would like to discuss more social stuff and a lot of my issues pertain to healthcare because that's something i've been passionate about so discussing stories about canadian healthcare, perhaps ways that we can improve on it as well as uh, issues in the social sphere especially uh, as they relate to the the sexual health education education for kids, gender identity, um, that kind of thing. I'm pretty gender critical, you might say, and I have a lot of concerns as a woman and uh, just as a concerned citizen about the direction that that narrative is going. So I'd like to cover that a bit as well as whatever else people in Saskatchewan feel is important. I'd like to just give people a voice. It's not just about what I'm interested in. It's about what people around here would like to get out to the rest of you. So. Well, I can hardly wait. Thank you so much for joining the team. Thanks for your great journalism. I look forward to your, to your work in the weeks and months ahead. Thanks for joining the team. 
Well, again, thanks for having me. It is, uh, it's my honor. I look forward to doing more, so. Right on, well, that's wonderful. There you have it, Kelly Lamb, the newest Rebel News reporter in Saskatchewan. Stay with us, more ahead. Welcome back on a few letters for you. Ken Vandenberg says, the only question is whether Canada will support Taiwan or China in the almost unavoidable war. Given the fascist behavior in our government, my bet is China. Yeah, uh, I think uh, actually Canada will probably stay silent. Um, you know, the Liberals said when Harper was gone, Canada's back. Yeah, I don't really think so. We've never had a weaker uh, voice in the world stage. We've never been more ignored. I think Trudeau will just watch passively from the beach in Tofino or something. Tai Chung Canuck says the judiciary in Canada moves in the same social circles as the politicians and is appointed by the politicians they bump elbows with. Does anyone honestly think they will upset any politician's apple cart? As for the social changes the judiciary has made in Canada over the years, they are all changes supported by the political left. Exactly. We have an extremely activist court. And the politicians sort of like that. They say, oh, I can't handle this. Give it to the courts because they know what the courts are going to do. If the courts were conservative, if the courts had that point of view, you bet there wouldn't be a deference to the courts. Look at the United States. You see it there. When it's a left-wing court, the courts are, you can't criticize them. When there's conservative on the courts, there's not only calls to criticize them, but to pack the courts with more liberals. Scooter69 wrote, it's called extortion. My grandfather and his friends, veterans of World War II, are rolling over in their graves. Any Canadian who agrees with these passports are not Canadians, but communists. Communist, fascist, authoritarian, papers please. You know, it's deeply troubling. We're gonna do our best to fight it. We fight it every day by telling the other side of the story. That's actually an important part of the fight. We try to fight it with lawsuits and lawyers where appropriate. I don't know. I just wish there were other institutions out there. I mean, there's lots of individuals fighting back. But as I noted, the day that Justin Trudeau brought in this terrible ban on flying and trains and boats, Aaron O'Toole didn't have a word to say. He was too busy doing a tour of a brewery. That's our show for today. Until next time, on behalf of all of us here at Rebel World Headquarters, good night and keep fighting for freedom, but don't go away yet. As we always do, we end with a video of the day. I'll say goodbye to you now, but stick around to watch. These are the papers that my father was forced to carry during the Second World War. He couldn't be outside the camp without these papers. So I absolutely refuse as a Japanese Canadian to show my papers. What's going on right now is, is obviously nothing short of uh, discrimination. It's extremely immoral and it's really heartwarming to see that there's people that are standing up and saying, no, this isn't right and we're not gonna take part in this. So. Can I still get your cooperation getting up off the table so we can uh, impound these items? Sorry. Yeah, no, you got your multiple. I understand. Let the police have the pizzas, please. Well, well, we'll take the pizzas the table. Just take the pizzas too, man. Have some to eat. <laughs> Thank you. But we don't need that.
the people, look at the heart of the people that are bringing pizzas from Asia for you. So you can enjoy it. I mean, it's what a heart, what a heart of that man. We still can push this great evil and we can do it together. So people over there that you're watching, rise up now or tomorrow, it's your skin. Just like I said to the cops, just like what I said to the doctors, the nurses two years ago. They came for my skin. Well, you're not the pastor, so you didn't care. They were my children they were after. They were not your children, so you didn't care. But today are your children. Today is your job. Without Papers Pizza is a local restaurant here in Calgary who, as unfortunate as it is, is faced with the circumstances that we all are. Right now, as it stands, vaccine mandates are coming into play across the world. And it's unfortunate that so many, even though they are opposed to the situation going on, have decided to remain silent. Well, not here. Without Papers Pizza has decided to take a stand, one that so many people are afraid to. But why? Why are they afraid to make this stand when they know what the consequences are? Yesterday, local authorities decided to take away their uh, benches that they had in the front. And as a response, Without Papers decided to put out milk crates so that people could sit while they were bringing out free pizza for all to enjoy, regardless of whether or not you've gotten your vaccine. And that is the challenge. As it stands right now, Calgary has implemented a vaccine passport mandate for local restaurants, requiring them to ask people for their vaccination status. Now, as I told you, this restaurant is going against that mandate, but what is going to happen next? Local authorities have already ramped it up, and every day it seems to be an escalation of the situation. So, as it stands today, the restaurant is still continuing on. Pizza is still coming out the door for anybody who wants a slice. This is the only restaurant that's come out against discrimination against an identified group of people. And I'll never show my papers to anybody. It's private information. This here, these are the papers that my father was forced to carry during the Second World War couldn't be outside the camp without these papers. So I absolutely refuse as a Japanese Canadian to show my papers to anybody. They cannot force me to carry papers again. This is ridiculous. What they're doing is discrimination and segregation. It's like in the South, they had whites-only restaurants and colored people had to eat in the back. I say not in my Canada, never. I applaud the man for saying, you know, his sign says, we accept all. And you know, other people haven't accepted us, and I think it's really important that we all come together and realize that we're all human. Like, thank you very much for uh, doing what you know is right and standing up for your your, your fellow man. Like, what's going on right now is is obviously nothing short of. Uh, discrimination it's extremely immoral and it's really heartwarming to see that there's people that are standing
coming out and saying, no, this isn't right, and we're not going to take part in this. It doesn't matter if you're coming to the whistle stop and supporting us or coming to the Without Papers or whatever other places are speaking out and, and uh, pointing out the, the, the fallacy and the, and the policy right now. Um, supporting any of those places is uh, is doing a, a service for everybody. Are you going to try to make some big money off your lies, Rebel? No. Sure you are. That's what you do. You don't have real news. Yeah, you just have sensationalism. And look at all these businesses that are open. But that doesn't matter to you. Yeah, what matters is the closed business who's against health mandates that are protecting people. But you're not about protecting people. Not protecting the 802 kids yeah. that weren't able Surgeries. to get their surgery. My God. You're out here instead. Here you're going to support these people. Supporting that. Supporting these kids getting yeah. their surgeries postponed. I don't believe that you should be forcing things into people. What I believe is that if you're going to be out here encouraging people to protest at the f***ing hospitals, then you're a piece of degenerate. Is that for me or for someone else? Oh, it's for everyone here and including Rebel News who puts that on all the time. Here we have clear evidence of serving. Food storage happening right here without temperature measures. So hand wash stations right here. What's all the COVID restrictions? told to you. You're just following orders. Just doing your job. Can't have a picnic table on the sidewalk, right? That's You need a permit for that? Can they still get your cooperation getting up off the table so we can uh, impound these items? Right. Yeah, I know you got your multiple items. Officer, are you there? The only thing we're here to address is just the table in the middle of the sidewalk. That's it. And that just requires us to reuse permit. You sitting down and eating your pizza has nothing to do with it. It's the table that we're here. Okay, well, I'll, I'm going to be a while. How's it going, guys? So we all know that the L papers has been shut down, right? So for not supporting discrimination and segregation. Well, not complying with the Alberta Health which Services. is promoting segregation and discrimination. And I'm not going to argue with that. The business has been shut down. So the table needs to go. Uh, as soon as I'm finished this, I'll get up. Well, I mean, if you're just going to eat the pizza, I will, I'll leave you for the next couple minutes. Thank you very much. Enjoy the pizza. Thank, you, very, thank pizza. you very much. There's discrimination and segregation happening in this province, in this city, being promoted by the premier and being promoted by the mayor. And you guys are supporting that. As long as you know that, you're supporting that. Okay. So I'll let you eat your pizza. And he's following every health order he's supposed to follow to keep people safe. He just will not, he will not abide segregation and discrimination. These, these rules that the government and bylaws are putting in place. And he's serving people equally. And for that, he's being punished. Calvert Police Service. Love you too, man. We love the Calgary Police. We love you, man. Love you. Let the police have the pizzas, please. Just take the pizzas too, man. Have something to eat. Thank you.
left, left a notice on the door and then the uh, occupants or the business owner can contact me and uh, look at how to get their items back. Look, look at the people, look at the heart of the people. They're bringing pizzas for free for you. So you can enjoy it. I mean, it's what a heart, what a heart of that man. We still can push this great evil and we can do it together. So people over there that you're watching, rise up now or tomorrow, it's your skin. Just like I said to the cops, just like what I said to the doctors, the nurses two years ago. They came for my skin. Well, you're not the pastor, so you didn't care. They were my children they were after. They were not your children, so you didn't care. But today are your children. Today is your job. When I was growing up, I saw the power of the people. When the people had enough and they pushed this great evil and they took it to the streets, it was over for the villains. It was over for the villains. When the people said, wait a second, there's more of us than of them. And they said, we shall not comply. We will not work for the tyrants. We will not obey. We can do it. We can still turn this around. But they will require us, all of us, to pay a price. And this man here, that's why I came publicly to support him. Evil never stops. Bully will keep bullying until you say, wait a second, this is my sandwich. My mommy makes the best sandwiches on earth. I'm not giving it to you anymore. Today they're stealing your chairs and your tables. Tomorrow they will be stealing your houses and your cars. That's a hero. Look at him over there. See? See that? That's a Canadian hero. That's a Canadian hero. Well, here's what I would say to every one of those people that are keeping their mouth shut because they're terrified. Because as long as I'm going to be quiet, maybe the government will leave me be. But history is teaching us that that was and will never be the case. They came for me. It's just a matter of time when they're going to come for you as well. Not when, not if, but when they are going to come for you. That's history. You don't have to believe Art Polosky. You don't have to believe me. But believe me, the history can teach you how the story ends if you will not raise your voice. If you will not stand up now, you might not have tomorrow. And that's history. Hey guys, thanks for watching. I really appreciate you tuning in. And if you want to see more of this amazing coverage, please go to rebelnews.com. We'll show you the other side of the story, which you're not going to see anywhere else. And you can see all of the stories that we've done so far and Without Papers. And if you want to help out the local restaurant, Come down and grab a slice while you can. And this will hopefully set a precedent for the rest of the country. For Rebel News, I'm Sydney Fizard.